Welcome to the Amazon Legends Podcast, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became powerful sellers, also experts specializing in helping sellers, and both former and current Amazon employees who will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here's your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. Uh, my guest today learned selling on Amazon from an online course, and he later became a mentor on that course. So he must have done something, right? And uh, of course, after learning, he grew his Amazon account to seven figures and move on to, after that, moves on to co-founding e-brands and now he's actually acquiring brands putting them together and managing them and growing them further so uh, his company e-brands is an aggregator and when he's not working he's passionate about fitness and motorsports and this is not about watching you know i used to do that in the old days just behind the uh, uh, the tv but he actually does the driving so with that everybody meet my guest uh, john valida hi john how are you Hello, hello. Doing very well. Nice to be here. Oh, great to have you on the show. So um, you shared with me your approach. I mean, obviously, you've grown brands, you've done it yourself, and now you're doing it for other brands. So your approach has to be a little bit different than others whenever you're doing business. So uh, you shared with me your approach in, in taking a new brand, building it from scratch, or relaunching, so to speak. So Give us your approach. Yeah, so it's basically differentiating yourself. Differentiating. So um, how, I mean, it, we all want to innovate and, and at the same time be different than the next guy. So how do you differentiate yourself as an Amazon seller with your Amazon listings? Yeah, well, I think that there are three levels of uniqueness that you can do. So, uh, so I'm hearing some kind of analysis, a methodical approach. So give us those three, three levels or three different types of differentiating and being unique. All right. So how I see this is that there are, well, I said three levels. And the first level of being unique is that you are selling like actually the same product that the competitors, but you are still unique. You are standing out on Amazon. Then the second level is that you have the product that is almost similar than what other people are selling as well, but you have done a small tweak on that. So you, you somehow make it a bit better, for example. And then the third level is that you come up with new innovative product that doesn't exist uh, and you just have a lot, uh, completely, completely unique product. I see. So um, one type is somebody selling let's say make it real you know basic toilet rolls yeah and you want to sell toilet rolls so it's essentially the same product but somehow you make that different and the second type is it's a toilet roll but it's a toilet roll that changes colors different days of the week that's <laughs> let's <laughs> let's imagine and uh, and the third one is a, an invisible toilet roll it disappears when you don't need it and it shows up when you reach out so uh, is that like a hypothetical example to, uh, to illustrate yeah quite hypothetical but yeah that's what i mean <laughs> <laughs> okay so fine so we we i have an understanding of what what they mean so now let's dig into each one so let's take that most basic one where you're selling the same thing. How do you make that different than the next guy? Yeah, so obviously on Amazon, it's all about the listing. Uh, so I have for a few examples, and those are actually the really first products that what I started to sell in 2017 when I started my Amazon journey. So uh, the first product was a disposable wooden cutlery. And I was thinking that what people like are looking for when they are looking for cutlery. So there are 
for sure sturdiness is one they are thinking that okay if i'm going to use this knife will it cut the beef and so on and build this broke easily and so on so instead of having these you know nice lifestyle pictures that people are having picnic and somebody is using them and then there is a text for example that says that it's super sturdy i thought that okay i will actually demonstrate these things which is you know like not super unique thing to do but by, by the time nobody else was doing it so what i did for example is that i want to demonstrate how sturdy the fork is by having just a picture where there is a fork and then an orange there and the fork is basically uh, this way it's like holding the whole orange so when you see the picture you understand that okay this you know holds the whole orange uh, as one small fork and obviously when it's food related it somehow makes sense and then there was you know cutting beef and uh, and actually showing that thing so instead of having these uh, just by you know writing texts and and doing some lifestyle images like actually in use but that was kind of how i started but I consider that somehow unique, but not that much. So the next product then that I launched was a certain type of pens. And uh, uh, by the time the biggest competitor was basically the only competitor selling like uh, six grand a month or something like really, really, really small amount. So what I did that, uh, with, with the pens is that I added there the really cool package, like really colorful package that stands out on Amazon listings. And uh, I wrote to the, um, to the cover of the package in giant letters that this includes an online course of how to draw with these pens. So obviously you are getting, you know, more value when you have certain type of pens and with exactly these pens, if you want to learn how to draw, there is an um, online course, which is basically like few videos created that guides you to how, how to do uh, nice nice drawings with them and also with that product i wanted to not to sell kind of the idea of a pen but the uh, idea i i happen to know that brains learn better when people are taking notes with colors so just your brain remembers better notes that have been written with colors so the whole listing even the video that i had on listing was only speaking about that fact that when you are using colors when studying your brains will remember better the things so it, the product was still the same pens that these other guys were selling but the whole approach and like the why was completely different there which was that you will learn better not that these are nice pens i see okay so what I'm hearing, so we're covering selling something that is no different than others. Yeah, but the product. Differentiating yourself, differentiating yourself with how you are communicating the, the unique aspect of it. So I like the pen idea mainly because from the movie, you know, the, the Wolf of Wall Street. So the guy <laughs> yeah, is, sell, uh, <laughs> sell me this pen, sell me this pen. So uh, I'm sure by now everybody heard that example. So now you're selling that same pen on Amazon, which is no different than anybody else, uh, but you added a value add uh, about an online course. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what actually happened that, uh, well, I don't know if it was because of that approach, but anyways, the market for that exact type of pens uh, grew pretty significantly. So. By the time I said the only competitor, the main competitor was selling like 6K a month. And then uh, after a few years, the whole market was like 100K plus per, per month. So it was pretty fun because I was the first one who took uh, this approach. And then, well, many sellers started to copy my idea there. And then kind of the market grew because of, of, of so many uh, competitors came there. But anyways, I think that like like on a wolf of wall street but what you are actually selling there right? are you selling the pen or what you can do with the pen or how that pen improves your life that's the that's the main thing because everybody are looking uh you know to getting a better life in in some sense improving their life with the products 
yeah i i see it's i mean this is this is really the main concept isn't it it's the emotional impact of the product so it's what it is so i had a guest uh, a couple of weeks ago he said something so unique which really is the essence of your approach he says uh, people on amazon are not necessarily looking for products they are on Amazon uh, trying to see themselves using the product or showcasing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what it is. So what you've done is you highlighted not the product, but what the product does for them. And you've done that in the pictures. And, and, you, 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 and you've done that with a product that is no different than the other guy. Exactly. And, so now that's the case. So I have a follow-up question on this. So you mentioned that yourself. So you've done this. It was a unique approach. And sure enough, somebody copies it. So now yeah. everybody yeah. is doing it. So that's the, that's the problem, right? So, so what happens stage two? Now what do you do next? Yeah, well, basically, if you are in a position that you are creating the market and you say that, okay, now all these competitors come to the market. Then what I did as the next phase was to um, actually um, not improve the product, but change it to a bit better. So, so I didn't do any modifications myself, but I added the count, like how many pens there are on the, on the, uh, package because it you know when you calculate amazon fees and shipping and so on it's not like doubling the amount of like pens in this case does not double the uh, the selling price obviously and you're still able to make profit and then there were, were like um, a new version from my supplier so i added both of those as a variance there as well but uh well you know how it's going on amazon when you are able to do uh, some sales, people start to copy, and many of those people will sell with lower price than you. So that's not an easy, easy task to defend yourself. And I, how, which is why I think that you basically need to um, stay, like trying to stay ahead of the competition, because you can take that as a granted that if you are successful with some product, there will be copycats with lower price, like really right. soon. <laughs> and right. that, that will happen for sure. So then it's like, also uh, with PPC and all white hat hacks that you need to stay ahead and, and be the first ones when, when new things uh, come, you need to implement those in, in a very first place. For, for example, with this product, what happened that there was some, uh, the first, uh, the prime day was coming and, and the uh, really first, uh, not coupons, but prime exclusive discounts were uh, just launched like a, few weeks or, or something like that before so we were the uh, we, we set up the prime exclusive discounts and uh, seemingly many of the uh, competitors didn't because that was such a new thing but because we were on top of you know what's happening on amazon we did that and that that gave a nice boost on uh, prime day but it also continued like several weeks after that because the algorithm then gave us a boost so just an example if you are you know like implementing all the new strategies that somebody comes up most likely the competitors who are not whose who strategies to sell with low price they are not doing the same so that's kind of my, my take on how to trying to do that even though of course the lower price uh competitors will get some market share for sure i see okay so, I mean, what I'm hearing is really, you can make these changes to differentiate yourself, but you, it's never the end. It's just, you have to stay on top of it constantly. Um, I want to cover all three different types. And then right at the end, I want to ask you how you track the success of these initiatives. So, um, we'll, we'll, I, I, because it, it will apply to all three, no matter what change you make, what kind of product. So, uh, I want to cover that in the end. Um, so let's move on to the second type of differentiating yourself, where you're selling the same product with some slight difference in its feature. So give us an example of how you've done that. Yeah. So, so 
with my next brand then uh, I had this idea which kind of because the first products were basically just based on you know Amazon market research supply and demand what seemed to be nice but then the, then the second product uh, I launched was based on my personal needs so I was uh, traveling and um, came up with this this idea that okay uh, I was in an island in, in Thailand that didn't have a gym so I was thinking that would be really nice to you know develop a product that would uh, help me to exercise when uh, there is no gym around and um, and well obviously there were some kind of solutions but then I also kind of wanted to to you know um, make some new product but I never had any any skills like technical skills or or anything like that so so eventually ended up of uh, having a product where what just were like small uh, home gym equipments that were all bundled to, to one package and with that product we tried to maximize the usage of the space as you know if you take several products it uh, quite soon becomes quite big which then means you know big shipping costs and big amazon fees and so on and so on so so for example what we did with that uh we packed all of them to to one uh, backpack but that backpack was also like a waterproof back so you can use that when you happen to uh, need a waterproof back and then also there was a yoga mat one of the products in in the back and i was looking the picture of the yoga mat and thinking that there's damn there's a lot of space in you know in yoga mat and and that's like just plain a space i could sell something there <laughs> where, where in in the space so what we ended up of doing is that we uh, created uh, with with the personal trainers i was working with we created on um, some nice uh, home gym instructions and printed those to the mat itself so whenever the person uh takes the, the you know the products the backpack and there are these these exercise products and then okay what should i do he or she can just watch straight from the yoga mat that okay the exercises are here because we were thinking that if we have like a you know notebook there or a, a piece of paper that here are the exercises it will you know get lost anyways for sure and and if there if it's something something that is like in online uh behind of some link and then when it's the time that you want to exercise you're not like where, where was the link and you know it, it becomes a hassle so just you know printed everything everything there which wasn't like a huge improvement but like uh, personally uh if you are not super aesthetic person why would you choose a yoga mat that you know has nothing if instead you can have a mat that uh, actually guides you how to uh exercise as well and then on the other side of the mat there were these you know like places for hands that hey put it like this if, if you want to do push-ups and like this and and this so we kind of uh use that in, a, in a that sense as well and you know again adding that print to the yoga mat didn't increase the cost significantly it only took the hassle of design it's but but like didn't add the cost that much well, you know, this is really genius the way I see it because you've done you've done you've done several things here, and it's such a simple idea. Uh, first of all, I just know from doing these exercises, there is the right way of doing a push up and the wrong way of doing a push up, and then there is the the and there isn't one right way of doing a push up. So if you want to work your chest. There's, there's the, the close push-up. And then if you want to uh, work your, your triceps, there's the, the open or, you know, different positions. But there is also absolutely the wrong way to do push-up where you can hurt yourself. So you can easily put these on the, on the yoga mat, but yoga mat is too small for a push-up maybe. Uh, I guess you could put it the other way and, you could you could use it but there is definitely i think the to me the genius idea is you decided to space to use the space on the yoga mat uh, for content that gives good information 
Yeah, because literally what I was, uh, like I said, what I was thinking is that, you know, I, I can sell something like somehow I can, you know, make that valuable, that empty, uh, if, if a shipping just an empty black mat, like, what? <laughs> like why would it make any, any sense? Because on Amazon, on, you know, on listings and pictures is always about getting the most out of the space on title, on bullet points and on and the pictures and in the package and, and so on and so on. So kind of that was the mindset that I needed to have that there is so small amount of space, how to maximize it. So what was your pricing? So, the, but you were not selling the yoga mat alone, right? That was part of the, pa the bundle. It was part of the package, yeah, yeah. And what was in the bundle? Uh, what like in total there, there was yeah. this backpack and, and the yoga mat and then uh, maybe 10, 9 uh, different home gym equipment like you know straps and things like that so pretty basic stuff but bundled together so the light the light stuff not like dumbbells yeah. or things like that yeah. yeah 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 exactly okay so what was the price point when you created that bundle yeah it was um how we calculated it, uh, the, the whole thing is that if you would buy from Amazon all the products individually, um, which I think we took the best sellers uh, pricing, uh, that the price of the bundle was half of what it was compared to, to all these individual items. And obviously, you know, it's, if you are selling something that is more, you know, uh, in uh, same package, it's easier to do like that because you pay only one Amazon shipping fee and, and so on and so on compared so, to Egyptian. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious, what was your title? I mean, I'm sure you've gone through different iterations of the title, but what was the title of the product? What did you call this product? Whole gym in my backpack. Yeah, whole gym in my backpack. Yeah, I mean, that's really what you did. As you, as you started talking about, I thought of gym in a backpack. Oh, uh, really? Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, ironically, I have a client and we are working now together and we have the same thing. So what they do is uh, they sell cooking kit. Mm -hmm. And this cooking kit is for kids. But it's not about cooking. <laughs> it's uh, because in the kit comes all kinds of things related to the type of cooking the, the, the kit is associated with. For example, there is, a, there is a cooking kit specific to each country around the world. For okay. example, yeah. cooking kit from Kenya, cooking kit from Britain, cooking kit wow. from Sweden. So what they do is when you open the box, inside the box, there is a flag pin for the country. There, is, uh, there are three recipes from that country. And they supply the, the authentic uh, spices and, 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 and th flavors, things like that, specific to the dishes that they provide the recipes for. So nice. they can't make those dishes unless they have those spices and you can't find them in markets. Fresh yeah. stuff, they don't include. So anyway, things like that. And they were advertising dishes, you know, different foods. And I said, you're not selling food. This is not what it's about. You're selling an experience, right? Yeah. So we came up with the concept experience in a cooking experience in a box. Yeah, and, and basically you are having a small traveling trip there, you know, like, <laughs> like yeah. a, a cultural twist. So that's like, again, like a great example of uh, that's so much more than the actual things in, in the, if you would just, you know, show that, okay, we have this spice, like, well, what's that? Nothing, but when you like, paint this impression of doing this journey to that culture. It's much better with yeah, the same. Yeah. So this is, so on the first one, you focused on delivering value by putting the buyer in the picture using the product that you're selling, which is no different than somebody else. 
but there you, you are getting them excited about the product itself because they now they see a different way uh, to use that product. Yeah, and the second one is the value that you are offering. Yeah, and and what they, I what was my aim on on the first one is that what they you know think when they are considering if I should purchase these pens or not uh, is that not that okay I will have nice pens but hey I will learn better or I my kids will learn better and they will perform better in school so basically they are seeing this brighter future for themselves or their kids or, or whoever uh, they are they are buying those compared to seeing <laughs> brighter <laughs> a future with just a pen <laughs> pen like <Yeah>. okay <laughs> what a nice future a pen <laughs> compared yeah. in the in the uh in the dog that hey i actually could learn I, I could improve i could perform better in life even yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, I also love the idea of the gym in my backpack. It's, <laughs> it's a, a great value. And also, I'm sure people would have done that analysis where, okay, if I bought each one separately, it's, it's, I'm going to pay a lot more. And by the way, even if I buy them separately, I'm not going to get a yoga mat with all the instructions that give me good tips. So that's great. So let's move on to the third one. That's a, a very unique one. So I guess this is where you are doing product research to see what kind of product would make sense for you to bring out. Is that the approach? Yeah. So so on this one, it's kind of from my uh, personal Amazon journey, we are moving to the e-brands where we are actively uh, looking to acquire different uh, remotely operated consumer brands, not just Amazon brands, but, but remotely operated consumer brands. And, uh, you know, a good example, um, we, you know, we receive a lot of uh, deal opportunities from different brokerages. And, you know, some time ago, one example uh, was that somebody uh, were selling this jumping rope and uh, they had 40,000 reviews and uh, I think bestseller ranking as well. And uh, selling like 3 million annually. And, you know, the, it was like 12 bucks or something like that, the jumping rope. So they you know, are selling a lot of, lot of units. But then when you scroll down from that listing, you see that actually there are gazillion sellers selling exactly the same product. And so the person who owned that, had a $4 million, $3 or $4 million business. But what he or she actually had was just a nice Amazon listing and, and you know, good amount of reviews, great ranking. But if something happens to that listing, then you don't have business anymore. You know, you don't have that $3 to $4 million business. It vanishes like this when Amazon, you know, happens to close it or, you know, it, uh, Amazon thinks that you have done some, something uh, black hat or, or whatever. So, Instead of that, what we as uh, e-brands are looking for is something that is actually unique and that cannot be wiped out by just closing the listing. We like to have products that are something that actually bring the value for customers. So as an example, if Amazon would close our product listing, for example, the product still is something, you know, outside of the Amazon. And, and if we would need to bring it back uh, and start the listing from the scratch, it's, it still has value because it's not solely dependent on the uh, amount of reviews and the ranking that has achieved. So that's kind of our approach that is this opportunity now to acquire this brand? Is this, you know, just a bunch of Amazon listings or is it like actually something that improve uh, people's life. And uh, I think that's kind of huge difference in like how long lasting will the whole business be. If you are dependent on just, just Amazon and just the ranking, you can lose that overnight, basically. So I'm, I'm hearing two different things here. So uh, let's clarify that. One is channel. So you are saying that if the product is a good product, you shouldn't be just selling through Amazon. You should also be selling through different channels. So if Amazon closes down the listing, you have the other channels. So that's one aspect. 
Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, if, if your team or yourself have capacity to do that. I'm not saying that if uh, you are an innovator and you have come up with a new nice product, you should uh, like immediately push it everywhere because most likely that don't end up well. I'm thinking that, that you should focus on one of few sales channels, but in general, when the team grows and there are different type of experts, and so on like of course if it's like actually innovative product why not to sell in in different marketplaces and different markets and and even in retail yeah okay so fine so anybody who achieves a certain level of success uh, the the idea is to expand through other channels so that you diversify where the sales are coming from on that single product so that's one the second is, uh, talk to me about more on the, the value. If it's a good product that brings value, uh, what is, I mean, everybody would ar argue that their product in some shape or form would deliver yep. value. So how do you, what is the criteria for you? Yeah, so, well, obviously, if, if the product is... Um, a really generic product uh, like like the pens where it also can bring value to the customer so I, of course i'm not saying that that only the unique products bring value but i have an example so uh we acquired this uh indo a trampoline trick scooter indo and uh that, that product is um made up by by two brothers from finland actually and um these guys have you know came up with completely a new new product the whole category of trampoline scooters didn't exist before they uh, uh, innovated this product so what that product does is that it's basically scooter without wheels but really soft and flexible so the kids who are jumping on a trampoline can you know do nice tricks and use that while jumping on, on the trampoline and they can use it in the streets as well but but I think the trampoline is the, is the biggest usage. So I was jumping on a trampoline like 20 years ago. And uh, what happens there is that when you have jumped like a few years, it becomes a bit boring. You know, it's like great exercise, but, you know, it's just jumps <laughs> eventually and, and nothing more. And then you kind of try to like, what could I do? I only, uh, I already know how to do front flips, front flips and back flips and so on, but there's not like, much that I can do so a kid may get uh, bored with the trampoline but with this product it's like completely new aspect to jumping on trampoline you now have this this uh, scooter this trick scooter and then you uh, you would like to learn to do tricks with that and use that so basically the whole jumping on a trampoline which is great exercise again uh comes out like a, has a new life suddenly because there's this new nice thing, new, new sport to train and a new, new things to learn. So how I see it is that it can, you know, bring an another few years of value for that, the whole idea of trampoline, which means few years of more good exercising for, for the kids. So I think that's like actual value. So this would fall into the third level level of uniqueness it's yeah. making something completely unique okay so yeah i mean uh, it, i i can see exactly where how you differentiate yourself uh, on the third one is either creating a completely new category or creating in a category that exists but with a totally different kind of product that does in a different uh, delivers value in a different way so tell me about the challenge of educating the consumer so yeah. uh, one of the burdens that comes with creating a new category is people don't understand that they they are not looking for anything like that they don't know it exists so with a, a single amazon listing how do you go about educating the consumer keyword research and things like that yeah, yeah, that's that's a really a really good question, and was my next point as well. As you know, when the product looks something like P 
people haven't seen before. Uh, if you have only tats on your, your main picture, like there are, I think that there are re really like not that many people who have a time or interest to like look what this is because you know people are browsing like this basically on, on Amazon and everywhere nowadays. So you know if you don't catch the attention in like a millisecond, you you, you don't have it. So uh, uh, I said we acquired this brand, and uh, so I wasn't there and, and our team wasn't there from the really beginning, but. Um, what we started to do when we acquired the brand and, and started to, uh, the product was selling on Amazon already, but we started to optimize the Amazon and, and other channels as well. Uh, the first thing that we did uh, was that we created the main picture where it is, well, not exactly according the the Amazon uh rules but we added the trampoline there so there was the product and then a person jumping on a trampoline like a small icon of our person is jumping on a trampoline with that product so then you basically if you have that few milliseconds you see from there that okay um yeah this is how i use this like strange looking product which is, I think, is the most important thing. If if you don't catch, you know, uh, and click there, then it's 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 all gone. And uh, but still, like for sure, it's not an easy thing to do. For example, right now, we if you search uh, trampoline trick scooter from Amazon, we are like on on the top of the other search result number one. There are some copycats and so on uh, who are violating our patent, by the way. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we are. Um, we are there on, on the prime spot. But even though when we have like for our main keyword, which is trampoline scooter, we are number one because the search volume is still quite low because people don't know what to search. We, uh, the, the sales are not like enormous on, on Amazon yet, which is why then we need to uh, advertise the product in more creative places. So for example, on, on uh, Maybe not on trampoline listings because people who are thinking of buying a trampoline for their kids don't like they are not in a situation yet that the kid will get bored to the trampoline. So we need to advertise on trampoline accessories listings where you know if people are looking for replacement parts for trampolines, uh, for for example, and then they can see that okay, I have an old trampoline, and then hey, this could be a nice nice add-on for that, and. Um, uh yeah then of course uh some external traffic from you know influencers and so on might be a nice help because if the product is completely new normally a nice video explains it better than just a one picture of amazon so you know showing the short video to different audiences uh we are different uh, influencers uh I think helps quite a lot if the product is is <laughs> you know like actual uh, like actually brings value. If you have unique product that don't bring any value, it doesn't make much sense to show it to anybody. Okay, so you said something significant here. Um, I, I think that listeners would benefit from um, if a product is new, a short video explains it better than a nice picture well I, I yeah i think so because you know if you don't understand from the first picture like will you really click into that product or will you just you know scroll to the next one like so uh, so that that brings me to the follow-up of that concept since people in the search results only get to see the picture not not the video then what is the best way for the video to get exposure and that points to external traffic and then what is the best way to get external traffic to a video that points to influencers uh, <laughs> which then points to amazon live yeah <laughs> <laughs> right we've got the whole marketing strategy here <laughs> for launching a brand new uh, category item right yeah, pretty much. And, you know, maybe the influencers are not, the, you know, the best way to do this. But in this case, 
when the actual user is quite young, a uh, kid who is jumping on a trampoline. I think those those are the persons who you know follow the influencers. Obviously, most of those kids are not the persons who are actually buying the products. So then they need to go and convince the parents, which is another their challenge that is not that easy for us to manage to, to make the, uh, you know, the kids sales speech to the uh, parent work. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was, this was to me, it's a, I think it's a great value. I want to add one more thing again from one of our uh, previous guests. Uh, he mentioned this. He said uh, influencers are great, but one of the things that you can do is you can leverage Amazon Live. You can arrange one or more than one influencers that you have, you arrange to come on Amazon Live and demonstrate your product as a user of your product. So speaking from experience, speaking passionately about your product, um, for that influencer on Amazon Live will also have a shoppable link in that yep. video, which you can then circulate yourself, you know, getting that video and circulating it in social media with that shoppable link. So now you have created a whole ecosystem of creating exposure for that. So you've got, the, first of all, you've got the influencers, you've got Amazon Live, and then you've got what you pick up from Amazon Live, another video yourself that you can put out on social media with a link, link inside the video, uh, putting the whoever is watching that video uh, on, on the listing itself to make a purchase. Uh, that becomes a whole ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you think about that? Uh, is that something you use or uh, what is your take on it? Yeah, uh, I, I think that makes uh, perfect sense. Uh, we have been using Amazon Live, but I think that definitely we, we could do that more than what we are at the moment doing. I'm not, yeah, I, Amazon I'm not really Amazon that. Hosts yeah. also, they go together, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that uh, maybe you have a better knowledge that how much people are following those lives and Amazon posts. Like, do you happen to know? As I have not, haven't personally. I'm sure my team has, but I haven't personally been following on like how much people are actually engaged on those things. Yeah, well, it's new. So it's a fairly new thing that Amazon launched. And just like anything else, you know, it's different for different people, but there are different categories. So, uh, so I will ask you this question: When YouTube first came out. In fact, when Google acquired YouTube, YouTube didn't have a single penny in revenue. Mm. So, and it was very new. And those days, the internet was slow. Watching videos on the internet was a pain. It would constantly buffer in order to watch. There was no real. So, so now it's all about YouTube. So, so my take is this. It's the early days. It cannot be something that you can solely depend on, but it definitely has a role, especially in the future, because people want to look at pictures and watch videos in order to learn and understand. And you can also fast forward if you want. So therefore, just the mere functionality of it, coupled with Amazon's huge reach in terms of the audience, uh, so I'd say it's definitely a good thing to start building your place in it. Yeah, uh, I think that early movers in there as well are the ones who, who will eventually win. One um, uh, seller who was considering of selling his brand to, to e-brands stated it pretty well. I asked that he, has, he had a really generic products with a small twist so more like category two but anyway so uh, and we asked that but why you are successful because there are like seemingly quite many sellers selling similar products than what you are doing and uh, he said that I'm like a straight a Amazon student so whenever Amazon sends an email that there's a new feature I will like go all in <laughs> and learn it as as hard as I can and I was like that's that's great and you know building a a seven-figure business by doing that—that's—that's that's real nice. 
like cheers to that yeah um so so john i, I want to move on to measuring so tell me a, a little bit about not only the changes that you are making or the the launches that you're making with these uniqueness um with the impact of it but in general how do you measure your success on amazon and what are you tracking with those uh, when you make the changes yeah really really good question uh i have had several shopify's uh shopify stores myself you know when i was practicing this whole whole e-commerce and of course now all our brands have shopify stores but but by the time you know when i did uh change on shopify store you know change picture or pricing or something like that it's pretty you know easy to see that okay what happens next day but on amazon as you know it's the algorithm that kind of decides if it will show your product there or not so you know, if, if you change main picture, for example, on Amazon, maybe Amazon algorithm likes it, or maybe it does not like, or maybe it dislikes it for one day, but then starts to, starts to like next day. And same thing with pricing, you know, for example, we have done some tests where we increased the price by $1 and uh, like five days, the sales just continue going up and then one day they fall down and i'm pretty sure that it's not the customers who are you know like willing to pay more and and uh you know like <laughs> so there are like more customers every day who are willing to pay more and then suddenly there is a point from let's say from 17 bucks to 18 bucks when they don't uh want to buy anymore so i like personally believe we don't know of course but i believe that Amazon is like much more algorithm gain than, for example, Shopify, where, where the algorithm does not have that. Like, there's no algorithm like that on Amazon, which then makes the tracking uh, not as a like black and white situation, because you always you need to think of this twist that how much of this um, conversion rate improvement, for example, how much. Uh, what did the did the change uh, cause and how much did the amazon algorithm cause so we are tracking pretty much all the possible numbers like ctr conversion rates uh, and uh, lifetime value and how many units the, the customers uh, pay at, buy at once and so on and so on and have data but there's always still in my point of view there needs to be this like small element of guess as well that where we kind of think that the the algorithm part of, of that i i think that we cannot measure things solely on amazon based on like like by by thinking that the algorithm does not exist i like i personally i think i know that that there are people who don't agree with this view but personally i think that you always need to think when something happens that was this because of the change you made and how the customers reacted or because of how the algorithm reacted or the mixture of these two. Okay. So one thing I heard is you need to be constantly watching the numbers because Definitely. you cannot attribute the change to just one cause. It could be algorithm it could be consumer behavior it could be both but you're not gonna know what it is and what's impacting if you're not monitoring constantly right so that's the that's what i'm getting from you yeah you, you definitely need to stay on top of your own numbers and i'm not saying that you cannot track these things i'm just saying that that the algorithm brings a twist and you need to be aware of that twist because it's it's not uh, like a black and white yeah. situation. Yeah. So uh, what are the specifically, what are the numbers? I don't mean the value of the numbers. Uh, so I mentioned, you. Uh, I, I heard you mention CTR. So that's the click-through rate on the keywords. Yeah. So um, 
uh, where can they get that information? Uh, like where the buyers get the information or? Uh, where, where the sellers? What is the source of data? Um, I think it's, it's called uh, business reports on, on Amazon where you can find that. And obviously when you are doing PPC campaigns from there and how personally I see it is that like the first most important thing uh, of course, you need to get impressions. It starts from there that you need to have impressions. If you don't have impressions, if your you know, listing is uh, search suppressed or, or why when you don't get impressions, well, then nobody can click. And then when you uh, have enough impressions, then you need to focus on getting the clicks, meaning the, the click-through rate. And of course, after that, you need to uh, make sure that your conversion rate is, is good enough and um, you know, thinking that step-by-step -step process and when you have enough of impressions, then you need to think what actually affects the, the CTR, main picture, title, pricing for sure, and, and where your product is visible. And then when you get the click and there's a person on your listing that how you actually make that listing to convert is kind of, I think that many, many sellers don't um, put themselves into the shoes of the consumer and think it like, okay, if I'm now uh, searching, I have a problem, which is, uh, for example, I need new, new uh, pillows. So I have, a, I have that problem. And then I, uh, I'm searching for pillows and I click to some listing. Does that listing then solve the problem I have in, in a perfect way that I'm willing to do it? So I, I, I would guide everybody to put themselves in the consumer shoes and and watch the listings on eyes of by the on the eyes of consumers and, and what do I actually see here and will this will I get an impression that this is what I need this is what solves my problems solves my problem and improves my life eventually yeah so I think uh, you just laid laid it out perfectly in terms of how to approach um, you need impressions. So you have to be, you cannot be search suppressed or anything like that. So your, your listing needs to be uh, out there and indexed for the keywords yep. that are, that are uh, important for you. Uh, so impressions. Then with impressions, you show up in search results and then people need to click on your search. That's the CTR or click-through rate. So that's what I call magic bullet one in order to be successful on Amazon. The second magic bullet, which is really the key to success, is your conversion rate. So that means how many people landed on your page. We're not talking about advertising. We're talking about overall, in total, how many people landed on your page, and out of that, how many people bought. And that's your conversion rate. And, and you're right, that's available in business reports at child skew level for those selling variations. And, uh, you know, my passion happens to be analytics and algorithms. Uh, I create them, I analyze them. Uh, and, uh, and what I've seen is you must stay on top of those data points, yeah. but it's all good staying on top of them by, okay, what do I do? Oh, go to Seller Central, download the report. It's going to ask you start date, end date for the report. So you put it in, and then you look, you're looking at a bunch of numbers. What does that mean? It means nothing. <laughs> it's like driving a car. You know, you leave from point A, you're going to point B, and somewhere along the way, you look at your speed. You may be doing 65 miles an hour. That doesn't mean that was your average speed across the journey, right? So you have to be watching it every day. You have to be get, picking up that data every day and, and stay on top of it. And then always study it in the context of the changes you're making. Exactly. Right? So you can know the impact. So this is great. I mean, you started, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, one, one thing to add. And by doing that, you are able to do data-driven decisions, not like, from your, your hat that, mm, well, sounds good, let's do this. Because if you like end up end up of like doing things based on your gut feeling, 
you don't end up <laughs> you know performing pretty well uh, too well but but if you if your decisions are based on the data and if you uh, constantly follow that data that's i think uh, how your likelihood of becoming successful at least increases yeah okay so this was great so you started with selling a product that everybody else sells and then <laughs> you brought it all the way uh, over to how to be successful with it in terms of what to watch and what to do with what you see so this was great so uh, john uh, let's learn a little bit about you now so tell us about yourself uh, let's go way back to your beginning so where did you grow up well uh, okay that's that's a long way to go so i'm born in finland in uh northern europe in like a really small town that has uh 32,000 people or, or so something like that and uh from there i then uh, moved to tampere which is the second biggest city in finland and then on uh well 2017 i started to sell on amazon thanks to this online course i, I took and then 2018, I then uh, quit my nine to five job and started basically traveling uh, around the world. So uh, right now I'm in Thailand, last winter spent on, on Mexico and now uh, Southeastern Asia will be the destination of rest of this winter. So you're one of those nomads. Well, yeah, I guess I, I kind of, you know, don't like that nomad <laughs> like, <laughs> like term that much because you know i have a i have a place here where we live like few months but anyways uh there are a lot of people in, on our company who are working remotely we have an office in helsinki finland but but we have a lot of people working remotely and, and we have i think something like 20 different nationalities so it's really nice to also learn from uh from our team members uh, and uh, you know yeah. from different cultures and how they think and then then we well uh, while everybody is not in the same city, we have like different type of approaches to different problems. Yeah. So what I want to know is how does a, a kid who grew up in a city of 32,000 people <laughs> go from not seeing too many people to a world traveler, an Amazon seller in a universe of billions of people? So how did that transition occur? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Well, uh, I, I like my childhood and, and uh, when I was like in my teens because I was playing ice hockey and uh, that's kind of, you know, I really enjoyed that, still do. Uh, but that, that was the thing, you know, where you were focusing when you were a kid that, okay, ice hockey is, is the thing here. But then um, when, uh, actually when, when I graduated uh, from the, uh, Tampere University of Applied Sciences from Pro Academy, which is a school of for entrepreneurs. Uh, entrepreneurship was the major there. And uh, then when we graduated with my classmates, we decided that we will have a trip to South Africa, just a you know graduation gift for ourselves. And we did some you know like fundraising for that few months before. And then we were when we were on Africa in 2012, I kind of started to think that damn there's a pretty nice world out there <laughs> and and uh, maybe i should explore uh this thing this world a, a bit more and then you know started to spend all my holidays on going to uh different countries and always aiming to see a new country when i travel and then uh, you know in in finland there are five million people only or you know five million plus something like that so even the second biggest city is, is kind of small, like, I don't know, maybe 200,000 people. So uh, when you have lived, lived there uh, 10 years, it, it kind of starts to, uh, or, or also the second biggest city starts to feel quite small. So, and then you know that, okay, the world is out there. So, so I wanted to go first, spend like, you know, a few months abroad and then, then, uh, four months and then eight months and, and so on and so on. So, but, 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 yeah. is, is that the universal feeling in Finland for everybody that everybody realizes it's a small place, they all want to get out at some point, or is, was that just you? 
<laughs> it was just me in in the city I grew up that was in there it was universal feeling because you know like when everybody knows everybody it's it's <laughs> it's awful but in Finland like you know Finland is ranked on the you know happiest country in the world and yeah. uh one of the safest places and so on so many persons are really happy there I would be quite happy in Finland if the winters wouldn't be that horrible so I, I just cannot stand that that um so, so but I heard something you said in the outside of your hometown once you get out of it not everybody in Finland wants to get out because it's only five million it was you right that's what yeah. I heard you say yeah why was that well I think that um, there, there are a lot of people in Finland who think somehow small, you know, because everything is, is quite small in, in Finland. And, and they, in terms of business, many at least used to think only the domestic markets, which, which is really small. And then kind of, I always wanted to do something like business-wise, something bigger and, uh, you know, build up with, with, uh, other persons are uh, a big company and and why is that that's a good question like really good I, I think that i just enjoy the game of business that much and why do you enjoy the game of business <laughs> i mean well you must have you must have seen something and that that influenced you and then got you thinking in fact, I don't know if you if you watched the show, one of my favorites, Breaking Bad. Have you seen the uh, show? I haven't, haven't watched it now. Oh, it's a it, it's it, it's a great show. I totally recommend it. But in it, you see the transformation of a chemistry teacher who is diagnosed with cancer, and this is a chemistry teacher turns uh, meth producer. He's, okay. because, because of his knowledge in chemistry, he produces this crystal meth that's unique, everybody wants. He becomes a major drug dealer, very dark person. That's why it's called Breaking Bad. He breaks from good to, uh, and he migrates to bad. And somewhere fairly early in the show, he, he teams up with one of his students who was a, always a failure. And, and this kid was a drug addict, and but he knew all the players, so he teams up with him. Uh, so they're making good money, and one day he says, this is not enough. He says, we need to expand our distribution. So he's thinking like a businessman. We need to expand our distribution. Uh, I can produce more product, but this distribution is not enough. And, uh, and this kid says, hey, man, what are you, what's your problem? Look at the money we're making already. Uh, we are in a good business. Uh, we're selling enough. What is? Why do you want more? He says, "I am not in selling drugs business." He says, "What business are you in?" I am in the empire business. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing from you. So you want it to be in empire business? Where does that come from? That's what I want to know. <clears throat> yeah, that that's a really good question. I think that maybe you know, growing up in in a, in a small city where everything was like super small, and uh, then moving to slightly well, ten times bigger city or like eight times bigger city, and then you only realize in your uh, maybe I was like a twenty five or something that, like that. Then you only realize that that well, actually the the world is out there and it's quite nice and quite big so then you think that damn i missed like already like 10 good years so now <laughs> i need to catch up with that super speed <laughs> so maybe that's the reason don't know that's a really good question but but i, I would say that from the top of my head <laughs> well, uh, whatever it was clearly did you uh, really good and uh, obviously you succeeded so this was great uh, thank you, John. This is one of my favorite uh, episodes because we not only learned a lot, but uh, you shared your personal story, I'm sure. So it's not the questions that you are asking 
and that change your life but it's the questions you're not asking has the yeah. potential to make a huge impact right <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, this was great so tell us how can people reach you give us your contact information uh yeah uh john j-o-n-n-e and uh at the moment our email addresses are uh, john uh, at e-brands.co not not com but co at the moment we do have the ebrands.com domain uh, that we just acquired but right now our uh, email addresses are e-brands.co great so we'll put all your contact information with your episode so anybody listening to the episode or watching it on youtube will be able to uh, get your contact but uh, it's good for you to share here with us uh, thank you john this was great uh, and i thoroughly enjoyed it thanks what's a pleasure thank you so much and this brings us to the end of another episode and i'll see you on the next one thank you for tuning in to today's episode be sure and subscribe rate and review our show and be sure and share an episode with a friend and thank you so much for being with us today we'll see you next week here on amazon legends